0: I think I've always been a natural leader. I've been an athlete all my life, and I've always strived or naturally fell into that leadership role um, when the time came.
1: I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Last Podcast. I'm your host, Zeke, and this episode... I have Nova Lorraine to talk about podcasting and creating her own digital magazine. You can find her podcast, Unleash Your Supernova, on all major platforms, and find Rain Magazine under com. I hope you have a nice day and enjoy the show. Well, first, thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. And so the first question I always like to ask is, what would your origin story be and what kind of medium would you choose? To express it? I love
0: that question. Okay. Well, I'm a big sci fi fan. Like <laughs> hmm, origin story. Um, I would have to say a book. Sometimes mm-hmm. I joke that I must have been a book in a previous life <laughs> because I absolutely love collecting books. And um, I probably have enough books in my house to start a small bookstore, like, no joke. So I would have to say I'd be a book. Mm-hmm. And I love yeah. storytelling.
1: So it'd be like in real life, or it'd be like a sci-fi story?
0: Oh, I think sci-fi fantasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love all sorts of superheroes. Um, more so the, the light superheroes as opposed to dark superheroes. And I am definitely into like alien stories, like Avatar. I think that was an amazing uh, uh, production. Um, yeah, I think I, it'd be sci-fi fantasy.
1: If not, romantic
0: comedy would be a good one, too.
1: (laughs) So with that in mind, since you like to collect books, you saw your own magazine.
0: Yes, I started my own magazine in Mm -hmm. 2007. And it really, you know, it was an epiphany um, that I had. I initially started my career pursuing my doctorate in clinical psychology. Mm -hmm. And it was during grad school that I had a realization that my purpose was to help people through my love of fashion. And uh, about five years after launching my fashion company, and mm-hmm. this is taking, um, this was after I, I left grad school, I went to New York to study fashion design at FIT, uh, spent a few years in corporate, and then went back to New York to launch my design company. And about five years into that, in addition to consulting, I had that uh, Aha moment, which brought mm-hmm. together that vision I had in design school with my love of helping people, and that was Rain. And um, so I decided to create a platform that was truly committed to uh, helping inspire entrepreneurs, in particular creative entrepreneurs, to grow. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's the story behind Rain.
1: So you said that you had like an aha moment. So a exactly. lot of people. Yeah. So a lot of people are looking for that moment. How did you know that you felt it? Like what sparked it?
0: You know, I was doing a project for a research. No, it was actually, it was a New York publishing company. Mm-hmm. And uh, a colleague of mine who uh, lived in Texas, I was in New York at the time who lived in Texas had reached out to me and said, Hey, uh, she was in marketing and she was brought in on a project for a startup magazine. And she reached out to me to assist her and coming up with a name and logo and the concept and and i just loved it i love that whole creative process and um a couple of months into it uh, mm-hmm. the company decided to not move forward with it this was around um let's see that was i think oh six or so and mm-hmm. we were both just devastated we were like oh we were so looking forward to this project mm-hmm. and that's when i was like well you know why don't I launch a magazine? And it was, um, I just thought it was the perfect medium to share incredible stories, to help entrepreneurs like myself, to give them a platform, give them a voice, and then also to bring a community together of individuals that shared that same passion and the desire to impact the larger community.
1: Mm -hmm. And so when you made a switch from your original plan to now sign the magazine, you, was you scared or did you like take a leap of faith?
0: You know, my life is a bunch of leaps. <laughs> I, think, I think ignorance is bliss. I am definitely motivated by the desire and goal over the uh, uncertainty of the journey. Um, but I think I was really fortunate and blessed to have been uh, just surrounded by some incredibly talented and creative people. I was still doing my fashion designs and I was in the process of opening a showroom in Westchester, just outside uh, Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And so I had a network of just incredibly, you know, passionate and creative people. And I was like, Hey, you know, why don't we do this? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. None of us had a clue. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, but we believed in the cause and the mission. And I'm so grateful that I did not know what I was doing. And it was Mm -hmm. literally learning as I went because if I did, I probably wouldn't have went forward with <laughs> it. It's so much work. Um, and, but I'm grateful, though. I'm grateful that I, I did take that leap of faith.
1: Mm-hmm. And so since on a magazine, what has been like the most enjoyable part of doing a magazine?
0: I would say the most enjoyable part for me has been the people that I meet constantly and the talents that are pitched to me either from the publicity team for that individual or the founder or creator themselves. I absolutely love storytelling. I love incredible stories. I love hearing when people are doing what they love. I am passionate about projects that are really helping anyone really. Mm-hmm. And when that comes together and I can help someone take that to a larger audience, I mean, I am the biggest cheerleader, you know, for anything I believe in. And so it just gives me the opportunity to be that cheerleader every single day for other people and not just on the court that like I was in college, you know. So I think it's something that's always naturally been, you know, a part of me. It's just bringing the elements of a variety of things that I enjoy together
1: cool, and so with like storytelling and reading, when you read, do you visualize what you 're reading, or is it more of like like what makes reading fun for you?
0: I absolutely visualize what i 'm reading mm-hmm. it The stories bring me to the places that they 're about. I visualize the characters. You know, and I love history. I mean, for example, I was reading to my kids the history of uh, where a lot of the uh, original African um, Jamaicans came from in Africa. I was born in Jamaica. And, you know, I heard over the years many times, oh, this part or that part. And I was like, you know what? I actually never did the research myself. And, and it was just fascinating. And I decided to share that information with my children as if I was reading the bedtime story, but I could imagine the people and I could imagine, you know, the voyages and as they were describing, you know, what took place. And um, I just love that the possibility of entering a new world and meeting these fictional characters and, you know, our imagination is more powerful than anything. Right. And yeah. so, when you're able to tap into that, it's, it's amazing. So I do visualize when I'm reading, um, you know, it's probably better than any movie. I'm very critical when I watch mm-hmm. TV shows and movies. I'm like, oh, they casted that person? Oh, why would they see that? And oh, I saw that plot twist coming, you know. Um, I, I, I love books. I love books for the entertainment value. I love them for what they can teach you. I'm reading an incredible story about the aborigines in Australia. Uh, it's fascinating.
1: And cool. And so back to the magazine. So what's like the least enjoyable thing while was doing a magazine?
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of moving parts to running a magazine. You know, mm-hmm. you have the front end, all the visuals that the reader is seeing, the content, um, and then the team that's bringing that together, the team that's editing that. And being the editor-in-chief, I have to go through every minutiae and um i think for me the anxiety is right before each book is published just making sure it's perfect and um you know being as anal as i am about the details and and, and oh did i miss you know this comma not being there or this photo credit not being there or, yeah. and Know, a title being misspelled, or so those little details. Um, I can do without, I think. <laughs> um, but the perfectionist in me wants to be the one that's giving it the final uh, look over. But then afterwards, if there was something that I missed, it's like, oh <laughs> you know, and you just beat yourself up for a little while. Like, oh, okay, well next time, you know. Um, but I, I think it's it's just being so concerned about putting out the very best product out there and, you know, uh, having so many details and moving parts to uh, keep track of all the time, I think is my least favorite part, but I absolutely love when it comes together and the story it tells and the, you know, the comments that we get when people are really touched by what we put out there.
1: And since you saw the magazine in 2007, how has it changed since up to now with like the advancement of technology and like there's a, like a token poll between people who want to be fully online and people who still like the book fail?
0: Yeah, no, that's an excellent question. You know, When I launched in 2007, I had a sense of where the print publishing space was going and decided to launch as exclusively as an online publication. But it was something that was very new then. And, at, you know, a time where magazines online were being called e-zines. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard that term used before. I was very insulted, by the way. I was like, oh, it's a magazine. What do you mean it's an e-zine? And, um, and I found this technology out of Eastern Europe that allowed us to present the magazine in a way that most online magazines weren't being presented, as if it, as if it was a, a true flip book. So we were one of the first glossy, glossy flip books online. And people assumed that it already existed in print and kept asking for the print edition. And that was really surprising to me because, you know, that time, uh, social media was on the rise and um, print, especially indie magazines, were seeing a sharp decrease in demand. And we were being asked for the printed copy and that Led us to uh, do a print run and Mm -hmm. and end up in Barnes and Noble, and then started doing events and came you know coming full circle to focusing on digital again and really putting our attention in how we can deliver a better digital experience. Mm -hmm. And now uh, that digital experience has moved us into podcasting. And so Mm -hmm. um, last fall we launched our first show, uh, Unleash Your Supernova which repeats what we're doing with the magazine, curating Mm -hmm. talents and storytellers from around the world to inspire others to never give up on their dreams.
1: Nice. So now you mentioned podcasting. How is the podcasting on the creator side, like the producer side, and then versus the guests?
0: Oh, it's so much easier being a guest. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, okay, I'm just going to sit back and... (laughs) And then I jump off in a half hour to an hour. I'm done, you know. Yeah. Um, the I think the same fun that I have in curating stories within the magazine is mm-hmm. that same fun I have in curating uh, talents for the podcast and selecting those individuals that are right for our listeners and mm-hmm. you know unique personalities and perspectives and experts, you know, from comedians to TV producers and writers to uh, fitness professionals to quantum science experts you know um it's it's really what we can learn to balance us in this crazy roller coaster, roller coaster journey mm-hmm. of being a creative or being a creative entrepreneur
1: and so from the jump to just a magazine to a podcast was that easier than just when you first started the magazine
0: oh absolutely i mean mm-hmm. i've been running ray right now for about 13 years and The more I'm getting involved in the podcast space, the more I realize it's just a mirror of what I've been doing online and in print. It's just with some new tools. And um, it's still storytelling. It's still digital publishing. Um, The tools are a little different, but the processes are pretty much the same.
1: And then with podcasting, how did you choose your format?
0: Yeah, you know, that. That's an excellent question. That took me a while because I've been thinking about podcasting for years. And I did a test one a few years ago with one of the singers from, um, what was it, the, uh, what was the name of this group, The Pussycat Girls, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved it. I loved the medium of digital radio is what it was called then. And um, I was like, well, what would, how would I do it? And how would I want it? You know, what would my show be like where I would get excited every single time I was uh, turning on that mic to record? Mm -hmm. And I naturally love asking questions. I'm a curious person. So that lent to the interview format. And Mm -hmm. uh, we just wrapped season one. We did about 16 episodes and we're getting into season two. So I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to do some narrative uh, reflection and also... Continue with the interviews uh, in my podcast as well.
1: Cool. And so, when you interview people, mm-hmm. um, what's the expression? Do like, do they are they naturally open, or do you have to like pull it out of them?
0: No, they're they're really they're really good about being interviewed, and it's mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to interview an entertainer. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> an actor and comedian is like no problem whatsoever, but you know, your traditional founder, it, it takes, does take a little more um, effort in getting them comfortable enough to let their guard down to show their true personalities. And, but when you get there, it's it's a lot of fun, you know, and it's just being sincere with the questions, you know, that you're asking. And you know, I think that if they realize that and, and feel that sincerity in my questioning, then they're going to be willing to share more. Mm-hmm.
1: And when you're asking questions for like entertainers and stuff like that, how do you find questions that they haven't already been asked since they do a lot of interviews?
0: You know, my questions are more about their journey as a mm-hmm. creative and the, the process of what they're doing and the I would say the experiences and wisdom that they picked up that would apply to an entrepreneur. And typically they're asked about their projects exclusively mm-hmm. or the character they're playing. Um, you know, how did they break into Hollywood? Those sorts of questions. And I'm more interested in, well, you know, tell me about your, your biggest failure and how you overcame that. And, and if you, could you know if you can go back five years in time? What would you tell yourself then? You know, mm-hmm. and you know, fun questions like, uh, you know, what would you say about fashion inspires you? You know, so things again that I'm just really curious about. You know, tech mm-hmm. questions like how does how does what you're doing or how does te- how does technology affect what you're doing now? Or what are your favorite gadgets? You know, in mm-hmm. your wallet, not your wallet, in your bag. You know, something like that. So I think that. It's really getting to the core of the person mm-hmm. and their life experiences to really deliver information to the listener that they can, you know, use right away to help, their, help them on their journey.
1: Nice. And so when you were building your team, how did you get, um, how did you start that process?
0: In terms of team building, I'll, you know, I, I would say that interns have been a big part of um, growing my team in the beginning. And when I initially started, I tapped into my creative network, you know, from my fashion um, journey. And so photographers and, uh, you know, graphic designers and marketers. And I, I love education. I love, you know, teaching others and, and passing the baton and because I didn't have that luxury of having a mentor uh, as I was going through my, you know, my initial phases of business, uh, I, I enjoy working with students. I enjoy working with individuals that are hungry to learn. And so giving them that opportunity and those that I feel are a great fit for the team in the long run are invited to stay on the team. And so we really grow from the inside. And, um, a lot of it too, is just intuitive, you know, using my intuition. And if I meet someone and feel like they would be a good fit one way, one way or another, I try to find a way to bring them up, bring them aboard. And sometimes it's by project. Sometimes it's as an intern. Sometimes it's as a freelancer, you know, if we don't have a a full-time need, but I, I let the person and the talent drive me in deciding if they would be a good fit. And because you can't teach passion, you can't teach, you know, um, hunger for learning Mm -hmm. and a desire to, to grow, you know, skills. You can teach skills. And if you have the aptitude, you can learn anything. And for me, when I bring someone on, I said, the sky's the limit. I never, you know, say this is where you're starting. And this is where you'll end. I'll say, this is where you're starting, but you could end wherever you want to be. And it could Mm -hmm. be with us or it could be, anywhere and we'll support you on that journey. And as long as you are truly enjoying yourself and feeling like you're getting value, then it's a good fit and because they will add value to us. So if it's a mutual exchange mm-hmm. for as long as that lasts, um, then I'm happy. And a lot of my team members and interns have gone on to create their own businesses some incredibly amazing um, companies and and it's exciting to see them carry on that legacy as well.
1: Nice, and so when you, build, when you bring people to your team, how do you, I know for a lot of people, it's kind of hard to give that little bit of control to somebody else because it's like something <laughs> they built. So when you let somebody in, you're just like, are oh, they gonna do it to the best of what I think is the best? Or like, yeah. so how do you deal with that?
0: You let go and close your eyes and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I find if I think about it for too long, I'll never let go of the reins and Mm -hmm. it's, it's a process. You know, I think as an artist, as a creative, you know, that desire to always, you know, put out the most perfect thing. And it's never going to be perfect. And I think as I've gone on, you know, through the years, learning to be just as, positive about the imperfections in whatever it is you're presenting and knowing that you you've done the best you could do at that Mm -hmm. moment when it's time you just let it go and then if you trust someone if you if you brought them on for a reason and allow them to prove themselves and be okay with the mistakes that are made um, then it's okay and you know there's been some big mistakes made by (laughs) some newbies and even some veterans on the team and it's, it's knowing how to deal with those things, you know, mm-hmm. and keeping a cool head and saying, you know what, at the end of the day, we're not doing brain surgery.
1: Yeah.
0: So when you, you step back and look at the big picture and say, you know what, no one's life is on the line right now. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not that serious. If we made a mistake. We'll own up to it. We'll figure out how to fix it. And we'll move on, you know, uh-huh. and, and, and not hold on to those things and just take what you can learn from it and you know pass it on to the next person and it also helps me as a leader Mm -hmm. you know grow you know and and become a better delegator become a better manager so i think the biggest lesson for me as i've worked with many incredible people throughout the years is learning to let go (laughs) Mm -hmm. learning to let go of, of control and trusting the talents that you know you've been compelled to bring on to your team because you've brought them on for a reason
1: and with that with leadership did you did you fall naturally into that role or did you have to build up the skills
0: I think I've always been a natural leader I've been an athlete all my life and I've always strived or naturally fell into that leadership role um, when the time came you know for every team I've Been on, been named the captain or co-captain, and and I I love having a vision and sharing that and inspiring others around a common goal around a common vision. I guess that's the cheerleader in me, Um, and that lent itself, I think, you know, in business. And now there's different skill sets that you need absolutely, and you have Mm -hmm. to know the industry and know your business model to be able to best. You know recruit the right team members and express that to the team and i guess you know in terms of storytelling and communication that you know helps my background in clinical psychology helps um being one of six <laughs> <laughs> um and and you know being a, an immigrant to this country and learning you know how to navigate through an unfamiliar system Um, All of these things, I think, have contributed to the skill sets that I think have been crucial in building a business and maintaining a business.
1: And so with that, um, you have to manage different personalities and different, I guess, like learning styles. How did you learn to identify each person's, like their attributes? And then how how do you tailor your leadership to each person?
0: Yeah, you know, I try to understand what what is it that they want out of the experience and what would they say their superpowers are. Mm -hmm. And I look at the needs that I have and I see if there's a good fit. And um, I try to put those two together. I believe if someone is able to tap into their gifts Mm -hmm. and blend that with something that they're excited about, You get some really amazing things that happen and so I try to do that and and if the timing isn't right then I'll stay in touch with that person and but I look at someone who's a team player someone who does not have an ego that needs to be catered to I think that you should you know be able to be humble and also be able to step into a leadership role when necessary Um, When I launched Rain, I launched it as a virtual company many years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, a time where most people weren't used to working, you know, solely through the computer before video, you know, Mm -hmm. communication and Zoom and FaceTime. And and so you really have to hone your communication skills, you know, via email Mm -hmm. and over the phone to be able to deliver a visual product and where multiple people are collaborating on and so Mm -hmm. communication was a big part of my decision as well you know can this person also communicate you know uh, and um, express themselves and understand what's being said to them and execute that efficiently Mm -hmm. and so those are some of the things that I look for when recruiting team members and continue to do so
1: cool and Since you have a background in clinical psychology, it seems like you haven't done what your major is, but you still use the skills that you got from there.
0: Yeah, and I feel like I'm using clinical psychology Mm -hmm. every day. Um, You know, it's funny, when I started at design school, and I remember in the first week, we had to go around one of our classes and say a little bit about yourself and how you got into fashion. And everyone was like, oh, well, my father owns this manufacturing company, or my family's been in the industry for, you know, decades. And I'm like... Hi, I just uh, left grad school, you know, studying <laughs> psychology. Everyone was like, what, what does that have to do with fashion? And for me, understanding the human behavior and how someone thinks and why they do what they do and the impact that clothing has that on us and as a means of communication mm-hmm. was so clear, you know, and so, and then taking that into consulting in terms of what I do now, taking that into storytelling, you know, and something that I love to do. So I I feel that, yes, I'm not um, sitting across from someone on my couch, you know, giving them, you know, clinical advice in terms of disorders that they may be dealing with or, you know, um, conditions that they may be dealing with. But I'm consulting and advising, you know, uh, businesses on, on topics and areas that can help them grow. And, you know, through my podcast and, and through um, a book that I'm working on, I am helping others grow personally as well. So it's, it's almost, I want to say it's, it's the same thing, just different topics that we're talking about in terms mm-hmm. of advising and asking questions and interviewing and analyzing. So I do feel that I'm using my psychology, but in a very non-traditional way.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. And let's get into the film festival. The new yeah. year. So can you, so how did you mm-hmm. get nominated for that award?
0: Oh, you know what? I, <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a bit of a surprise. I had launched uh, my podcast uh, in November. And mm-hmm. um, in December, I had gotten an inquiry if I'd consider um, submitting information on application, initial application to be considered uh, for a nomination. Um, mm-hmm. for the New Media Film Festival. And it was, I was like, is this real? Like, I just, mm-hmm. you know, I only had a few episodes, maybe five or six episodes, you know, out at the time. And it was, it was, I was so grateful, but kind of like, oh, this must not be real, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyway, I, I sent information and just forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And then a few weeks later, I'd gotten another uh, email asking for more information and second mm-hmm. round application of, of the application. I was like, "Oh oh, I guess this was it. <laughs> I guess I'm still in the mix, and then, um you know, a few months ago, I'd gotten the official word that I was selected as an official nomination for the lineup um, mm-hmm. for uh, the best i guess best podcast of the year award mm-hmm. for the new media film festival that's taking place, or uh, it, it for i think it originally was scheduled for June mm-hmm. in l a so I'm sure that'll be happening virtually. Yeah. but I am so grateful because it was the last thing on my mind and it just gave me more motivation to continue to do what I'm doing mm-hmm. and again I absolutely love the medium and I'm just I'm, I'm excited to see what happens
1: nice so with that so how do you feel that people are consuming media today compared to like when you first started
0: Oh, there's so many more channels. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the space is very noisy and sometimes overwhelming, you know, from TikTok to LinkedIn to Twitter to Instagram to your emails Mm -hmm. to blogs, to radio, to podcasts. I mean, the great thing is there's a lot more information out there from a variety of voices and places around the world that we can tap into almost instantaneously. Mm -hmm. On the negative side, there's a lot of information (laughs) (laughs) that's coming to us from every direction. And I'm contributing to that noise. Um, So, (laughs) I think the challenge for a content developer is how do you stay relevant? How do Mm -hmm. you stand out? How do you stay top of mind? And I think, you know, the key is just being authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, being true to your message, to what moves you, to your purpose, and staying on that path and staying consistent because people will eventually hear. They will, you know, get to that content. And once they do, mm-hmm. they're hooked. Yeah. And so it's, it's being patient, especially if you're new in the space, and use the tools to your advantage that's available. Be innovative you know if it's anything you know if it's if it's social media you know use that if it's streaming use that if it's blogging use that you know whatever it is and add that to your toolbox to attract your listeners your readers your followers you know whatever channel you're using so I, i'm grateful for the, all the options i have to get information that I need. And I still go to the bookstore. Mm-hmm. I mean, we forget about mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> the, one of the oldest ways for us to get information. I still love sitting around bookshelves and getting up and picking and picking out new books and holding it and feeling it. Yeah. And I, but again, as a content developer, as a media provider, I think it's staying true to your purpose,
1: mm-hmm.
0: staying innovative and um, being as consistent as you can be.
1: Cool. And then when social media was on the rise and everything, did you, was you like a first adapter or did you have to see what, what the playing field was first and then you adapted to it?
0: I think I, you know, I'm definitely a nerd and a geek uh, mm-hmm. at heart. So I'm proudly part of the geek squad mm-hmm. and that could have been contributed to growing up with four brothers. Uh, I, I don't know. I have um, some techies in my family. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love innovation. I'm not enough to be an engineer or a computer science major, but enough to be interested in new technology and how it affects our lives, how it get better our lives in our businesses and our products. And so I'm absolutely an early adapter. Mm-hmm. And Rain is about focusing on the rising and the new and the must-know. And so that actually forces me to stay in the mix of what's happening in, in technology as well. And so in terms of social media, I would say yes. I'd say once, uh, you know, going back to email, when mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, A- AOL was on top and uh, Hotmail was, you know, the email free email of choice, you know, I was one of the ones jumping on and now I'm dating myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when Facebook opened up to everyone, I got a Facebook page. And, you know, when Instagram opened up, I jumped on that. Now, I will be honest, I have a Snapchat. I don't use it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many things you can keep up with, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm on the verge of getting a TikTok <laughs>
1: page. Yeah.
0: I haven't quite committed to that yet. Uh, I have enough channels that I'm man- managing. So, uh, yes, yeah. I would say I am, I'm an early adapter.
1: Mm-hmm. Because I grew up in the tech, I, like, I was growing up with social media and I wanted to see how somebody who was already like adult by then and how like, they adapted to it.
0: You know, it helps that I have children and <laughs> they use these platforms all the time. But you know, even before I had children, I was always interested in what tool can I use that's gonna help my business and I would research and I would find out the data and what are the best practices? What are the hacks? And I would jump on it. You know, when Instagram first started, um, you know, I, I tried to learn as much as I could learn to, you know, be early on that platform and effectively use it for my business as well. And so it's, you know, Periscope when they first started, even though they didn't, you know, prove to stay on top as everyone thought that they would be. So yeah, I'm constantly looking out for new things. There's a new platform launching this month called TSU, T-S-U. And it's Mm -hmm. the new Instagram, except content creators get paid. So for those that want a link to be a content developer on this new platform that's launching, um, feel free to reach out to us via Instagram at Rain Magazine. R-A-I-N-E magazine.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. And let's go back to like on uh, magazine and podcasting. So how did you choose your guests?
0: I, you know, I look at, I would say initially, um, I was choosing guests that I had already interviewed with Rain or would mm-hmm. likely interview for Rain magazine. And when the health crisis hit, um, I was very interested in finding experts that can add some wisdom that was very relevant to what we were going through at this time. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed those you know, topics and interviews as well. And so I think that I'm going to continue to mix up not only my um, celebrity interviews, uh, do those, and the rain guest interviews. I'm going to continue to look for experts in areas that are, um, you know, not as readily accessible to most people and, Mm -hmm. you know, giving them information that they just can't easily Google, or if they do Google it, it's hard, Google it, it's hard to interpret it. Mm -hmm. And so I love that stuff. I love um, finding out new things and, you know, finding experts that are thinking outside the box and giving us alternative ways just to better ourselves. Mm -hmm
1: okay cool <laughs> so with that who's like your favorite to interview so far if for a
0: podcast or for rain magazine one for each oh so that's a hard one i i would say you know what Hmm, priyanka chopra is definitely one of my most memorable interviews for so many reasons um she's such a hard worker and committed to her craft and her passion just came through
1: mm-hmm. in that
0: interview and when i learned about how she you know how she goes about you know getting all the things done that she gets done and she's so persistent and so ambitious and i just loved it i just resonated with everything that she said and and she literally laid out all her goals during that interview many years ago and accomplished every single one of them. And she said, I'm going to break into Hollywood and I'm going to know that she was still in India at the time, one of the top Bollywood actresses. And when I interviewed her and she had just gotten her guest cover, uh, guest ad uh, here in the US. And I said, who is this person? I have to find her and reach out to her. And, and she's just beautiful, just a beautiful soul and spirit. But again, to see someone put out there what they're going to accomplish, and then years later, bring all those dreams to life, um, is just extremely inspiring for anyone. Mm -hmm. And again, she's just a great person. And um, yeah, I just love that. It's one of my favorite ones. In terms of the podcast, Mm -hmm. oh gosh, I have some good ones. I really loved learning from Dr. Berlinger more about quantum science, and I actually had to bring him back because it was one of our popular interviews and it was one of the interviews that got us nominated for the New Media Film Festival. But learning how quantum science can help us in terms of health and, and how we think about things, how we can bring our dreams to life, how we can you know, protect our immune systems. You know, Who would think that love can protect you from getting a virus? Who would think? But there's actually mm-hmm. research behind the chemicals that our brain produces when we're in love that makes you immune to getting sick when exposed to viruses. I mean, research, like data. Like who, what? Like who's talking about this stuff? And so I, I just love exploring rabbit hole conversations like that. So I would say um, my interviews with Dr. Billinger are probably some of my favorite ones.
1: Nice okay so what do you see next for like media as i now we're into the world almost have a full hole in the podcasting age yeah what do you see next gonna happen
0: well speaking of podcasting age and my love of podcasts i am actually working on a new project that involves uh, building a network and community of podcasters and launching a new platform um, for these incredible storytellers to bring their content, uh, you know, to a larger platform. So stay tuned. That's going to be launching this summer. And um, I'll definitely make sure to let you know about that. And we'll be announcing it on our Rain channels, of course, and on my Mm -hmm. Unleash Your Supernova podcast when that happens.
1: nice. Do cool. you have any questions for me or anything you want to find out?
0: Well, let me ask you, what do you love most about podcasting?
1: Uh, I think it's more the connecting with people. That's like mm-hmm. one of the main reasons why I started. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: I like okay. talking to people and then since I was busy with work and trying to figure out life, I was like, be nice to like, just contact with people, call my friends and yeah. just meet new people.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, I... I'm so glad that you gave me the opportunity to share my, a little bit about my background story and origin story or backstory, mm-hmm. <laughs> all these stories with your listeners. So I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. I'm still so going, still so learning. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, before we go to the final segment, I just want to see if I can think of anything else to talk about. So okay, so when you so do like baby, tell me, when you're doing the magazine podcast, you try to be very detailed. And so, how do you like balance the fact that nothing is perfect, but you still have to have that level of professionalism, so that yeah. people will take you seriously?
0: How do I balance that? Well, um, for me, the mm-hmm. relationship I think goes above everything. And I'm more interested in the human connection than mm-hmm. the profit or the, you know, the outcome or, you know, because at the end of the day, why are we here? You know what I'm saying? You yeah. can't you know, bring money with you. And, and it's about the human connection for me. So similarly to what you said about podcasting and why you love it, I love people. I'm curious about people. I'm compassionate. Um, you know, when it comes to their lives and their stories, I empathize with them. And, you know, that's probably what led me to wanting to, you know, get into the area of medicine and psychology to truly understand them and to help guide mm-hmm. them. And, and so for me, in terms of balance and reign and my uh, <laughs> need to always deliver a perfect product, I really try to keep in mind the relationships I have with my team Mm-hmm. the relationships I have with, you know, all the individuals that are being um, featured in the magazine. And then of course relationship with those that are supporting us as readers. Mm-hmm. And if I can strike a balance with each of those individuals and I've hit gold and, and sometimes, you know, um, you miss fire. And yeah. I think that being ready and humble enough to just say, I'm sorry to Mm -hmm. say, I made a mistake, to say, let's do that again. You know, let me, what can I do for you? What can I offer you? To just be able to put their feelings, whoever it is you're dealing with first Mm -hmm. and um, balance that with the true outcome that you want. And that takes a lot of emotional intelligence. I I agree. Um, And again, for me, learning as you know, I developed in business as an entrepreneur to prioritize what you choose to hold on to, you know, what you choose to get fixated over and what you choose to let go. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I can't say I'll ever compromise the quality um, mm-hmm. of what I put out there. I'd rather not put anything out there than put out a half product but I always make sure the relationship with whoever I'm dealing with on whatever level, may it be the printer to mm-hmm. the intern that to treat everyone with the same level of mutual respect and admiration as I would want to be treated.
1: Cool. Just remember, I actually work for what you call it. You can as an intern. The always mm-hmm. thing about how like the amount of work they put in for like the ads when they was touching out the pictures and then, when the words and how everything had to be placed in the Pacific way? Yes. <laughs> and based on like the client, a, yeah.
0: You, it's, it's a lot of detail. It's a lot of detail. And understanding what your supervisor, manager, you know, whoever's leading you, what they want and to be able to execute it as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. <laughs> ideally on the first try. But it doesn't always work out like that. And keeping it full head. Mm-hmm. And not taking it personal, you know, um, being open for constructive criticism and improvement, I think, is important as well.
1: Cool. So before we get to our last segment, I have two more questions. So the first sure. one is, what kind of challenges have you faced as you try to enter and then continue in, like, the media space? And the um, last one, what you learned about yourself through, the, through your journey?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I say when I first launched Rain. Um, Launching a new product Mm -hmm. with new technology, you know, in an industry that was in flux was a huge challenge. And doing that with no funding Mm -hmm. uh, was incredibly, (laughs) it tested me. (laughs) It really did. And, you know, often I would wake up saying, Why am I doing this again? You know, and, but it, what always drove me was the purpose and going back to what I said initially, you in earlier in our earlier part of our conversation was, mm-hmm. if you know your purpose and your why you're going to get back up no matter how many times you knock down mm-hmm. and you're going to get up and you're going to figure it out. You are gonna figure out a way. And, you know, funding was a challenge. Um, not having enough team members was a challenge. Working virtually was a challenge. You know, figuring out a business model to sustain the magazine was a challenge. When the last people want, last thing people wanted to wanted to hear about was a, you know, an indie magazine. You know, Mm -hmm. when social media was all the craze. You know, and and being persistent and staying true to the brand message and mission until time just catches up to you. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was definitely, I would say, uh, challenging for me throughout this journey. Was it was there's always an obstacle. But the key is when you're faced with it, what are you going to do? Is it still serving you? Is this business, is this project you're working on still serving you? And going back to my statement about letting go, being okay with letting go, being okay with change, being okay with evolving. And one of the reasons why I believe that we've been able to sustain as long as we have is We've evolved, we've changed, mm-hmm. we've modified, we've let go, you know, um, and I think that's what's helped us.
1: Mm-hmm. And last question what you like about yourself so far throughout your journey?
0: What have I learned?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I learned that I love to create almost anything. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would only be through fashion, and it's, I just have that bug. It can be. An illustration. It can be a new podcast story. It can be a new fictional um, TV show. I love to create. I love storytelling. I um, am truly passionate about the human experience mm-hmm. and society and philosophy and and so just digging deeper and diving deeper into you know learning more about myself, peeling the onion layers and really understanding that I'm multidimensional and it's okay to have multiple interests and it's okay to explore new areas. And the key really is just to continue to have fun along the way.
1: Mm -hmm. Cool. So for the last segment, what would you name your origin story and any promotions that you have?
0: I would have to say, I would name my origin story Nova by the sea. Mm-hmm. And I was born in a town called Savannah Lamar mm-hmm. in Jamaica, which is Savannah by the sea and it 's on the south coast of the island and I absolutely love the water um, If you see the rain logo it 's a Caribbean blue, and it's it's just it embodies peace and calm and serenity and flow, and just all these wonderful characteristics. Mm -hmm. And I love being by the water. I love looking at blue water. I was born on a city on the water. And I think it says so much about me. And um, I would say Nova by the sea, just Mm -hmm. based on my birthplace and based on, you know, what I love about myself. I am an easygoing person. I absolutely kind of Roll with the punches, go with the flow, see the glass half full, and uh, that 's just who I am and so uh, because that 's where it all started in Savannah yeah. Lamar by the sea um, that 's what I would say my origin story would be
1: and Any promotions you want the audience to find out, to find you?
0: Yes, definitely mm-hmm. check out Unleash Your Supernova on all major podcast platforms Apple, Google, mm-hmm. Stitcher, mm-hmm. Spotify whatever, you know, suits your fancy, look for that podcast. I'd love for you to listen and download. Definitely check out Rain Magazine online on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. It's R-A-I-N-E, like rain from the sky, but with the E at the end. Um, Definitely follow us, support us, and get inspired, be empowered, learn something new, and share that information with others.
1: Nice. I want to thank you for being a guest.
0: Thank you. That brings another
1: episode of the Last Cat Podcast to a close. Again, you can find Unleash Your Supernova on all major platforms and Rain Magazine under rainmagazine.com. For next week, I have a friend that goes by the name of Water to talk about how he adjusted to the COVID 19 pandemic. I hope you continue to have a nice day and I hope to see you there.